Liberty Flames are playing in the FBS, the highest level of competition in NCAA football. I mean, we, ne- we never uh, got down one bit. We just stayed focused and we just pushed forward. And like you see on the scoreboard, the execution, we, we, we executed pretty well. Now, we're nowhere near where we need to be or where we want to be, but they were a joy to coach. And their, their attitudes were incredible. Their work ethic was a, was really good every day. I can think of very few moments where I thought, you know, we're not giving effort. And um, and I coached them hard, and and they responded to it, and um, just trying to get them conditioned to chase a certain standard. Hey guys, this is Chad, and uh, you're listening to the Red Spit Podcast. I am joined with by John Manson, who is the creator, founder, owner, all things, a sea of red.com. John, how are you doing? Doing great, man. Can't, can't be much better right now. Heading down to Florida, to Orlando for this uh, bowl game on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, we are both in a car flying down I-95, headed to Orlando. Today is Thursday, so we're both pretty pumped. And uh, we got an exciting episode lined up. We were able to catch up with Ian McCall, athletic director, um, earlier in the week. We also were able to catch up with Jesse Lemonet, who is a senior defensive end. And then, uh, yeah, we got some bowl coverage and signing day. So lots planned for this episode. And, uh, John, yesterday was kind of a crazy day for you for signing day with your live blog and everything you had going on. We had 19 commits. Uh, what stands out to you most about Hugh Freeze's first full signing class here at Liberty? Well, I think the first thing is he, he got a lot of linemen, four offensive linemen, five defensive linemen. Uh, also got uh, five transfers, four of them being Juco, then the one grad transfer from Charlotte. Um, you know, the, the offensive linemen, all four of them right out of high school, um, Got a lot bigger up there. They're, you know, all 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", 300-plus pounds already, you know, still in high school. Uh, And and it's kind of interesting if you compare that to Liberty's, you know, current starting offensive line. They're they're more around 6'1", 6'2", and and about 300 pounds or so. you got a couple that are, you know, Sam Isaacson is starting right tackle, 6'7". The rest of the line is pretty much 6'1", or 6'2". So definitely got much bigger there um you know got 14 three stars out of the class of, of 19 that signed um and, and basically got everybody that uh the coaching staff was hoping to get signed they got they got them all you know to, to make it official on on wednesday which is a great start to to the signing period yeah so <clears throat> how they were able to get all 19 guys that they had signed they did that from Orlando. They're down there practicing. Uh, I know that I know that we had seen that they had the entire staff was set up in a room down there by Ethan Johnson, the uh, the what, what is his title? Director of player personnel. He's basically in charge of all recruiting. Yeah, he had set up a nice nice room for him down there at one of the hotels, and they had compliance and everybody involved, and they were taking calls and taking letters down there. Uh, it was a pretty cool scene and. Hugh said that they had a really fun morning. One that kind of stood out that had tweeted the night before that he might not sign was uh, 
Biggins, the kid from, uh, I think he's from Alabama or Mississippi. Um, Dion, is that his first name? Dion Biggins. And uh, we might have to nickname him Primetime. But he was he was kind of iffy if he was going to sign or not. And Hume kind of mentioned that to you. So what do you think happened there? And, uh, and what, you know, Hugh basically said closing the deal with him was worth it. He's going to be a great player for Liberty for uh, in the future years. Yeah, uh, Dion Biggins. He's a three-star cornerback out of Horn Lake, Mississippi. Uh, he's he's a guy that the coaches have really high on. They look at him as like a lockdown corner, similar to like uh, Keytrail Clark, and we saw what he's been able to do as a true freshman. Um, so I guess you know it looks like maybe some other schools were in on him, maybe some Power Five schools, um, and we're trying to bait him to to wait and sign until February. Um, that maybe they would have a spot available for him. And, um, you know, Coach Freeze and the staff, you know, he didn't tweet that out till it was close to midnight on, you know, the eve of signing day, Tuesday night. Um, so it didn't give Liberty much time to, to react. But uh, Coach Freeze told me that, you know, he and the entire coaching staff that was involved in recruiting him got on, got on the phone with him, got, got on the phone with his mom, his dad, his high school football coach, and, you know, he basically compared it to, um, you know, any, any man that's been married the night before their wedding day, you know, they always have that thought in the back of their head is, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I making the right decision? And he, he kind of portrayed that to, to Dion with uh, signing. But, you know, and Freeze also t- said, told me that he told uh, Biggins that, you know, it's not like you're signing away to go to the Army for four years. You know, you can get out of it if you, if you don't like it, if you don't want it. And, uh, you know, he didn't say this, but I'm, I'm just probably reading between the lines that he probably told them that, you know, you can wait till February to hope to get a Power 5 offer or so. And, you know, that might, it might may or might not come. But, you know, if you don't sign with us, we might have to move on as well. We can't just sit around and hope you're going to come back to us. we we got to go and get somebody to fill your slot. So, uh... so all in all, a great uh, signing class for the 2020 class there. Um, you know, that's where it's kind of won and lost in football, in my opinion, is that signing class. So Hugh has been a, uh, a very proficient recruiter, and he kind of gets his guys. I know that he was kind of saying that they didn't realize that they could Liberty would recruit so well, um, and you know, so they kind of maybe didn't target the high caliber kids until later on in the process. So I'm excited what he can do um, in 2021. Before we wrap up on the signing class here, John, I just had wanted to get your take on um, who stands out to you the most, the one recruit that you're most excited about. Uh, it's it's really hard out of 19 to pick just one, but. Uh, as a guy who I think will make an immediate impact, um, it's the JUCO transfer, uh, Marcus Haskins. He kind of coming in under the radar probably a little bit. Wasn't too highly recruited out of, out of JUCO ball, but uh, this is a guy that was uh, an All-American in both uh, Division II. He played Division II at St. Paul uh, College up in uh, Minnesota where he's from. Uh, and he was an All-American his freshman year there. He's also an All-American this year in, in JUCO. And, you know, he's basically been an All-American anywhere he's played and makes an immediate impact. And I definitely think he'll, he'll make an, an immediate impact for Liberty this year. And, you know, with him, Deion Biggins, some of the other guys Liberty's got that, 
defensive back, cornerback position looks like it might be one of the strengths of the team, certainly the defense uh, for next season. Yeah, I'm going to play a hometown bias ago with Gage Basham. I got to see him play in high school a couple of times, and it just uh, really excites me to see the offensive line that he was recruited in, along with Brian Hannibal, who was our second highest rated recruit. Uh, Gage had several FBS offers, and uh, including ODU and Marshall and others, but this guy on the football field has a nasty streak to him, and he can move move human weight around the football field, and I'm, I just think that it all starts up there, and I'm really excited for uh, Gage and, uh, you know, the Roanoke-Timesland area, putting uh, pr- players in D1, specifically Liberty. It's got me kind of hyped up, so great signing day uh let's go ahead and hear that ian mccall interview and go flames this portion of the red spin podcast is brought to you by rt rogers oil company rt rogers is a regional petroleum distributor servicing southern west virginia and providing residential product to improve the comforts of their customers which includes home heating oil propane furnaces air conditioners and generators rt rogers is a longtime supporter of liberty flames athletics and we're glad to have them supporting sea of red.com and the red spin podcast for more information you can go to their website rtrogers.com Hey guys, we have with us athletic director Ian McCall. Ian, thanks for joining the show and uh and the podcast. We have a lot to talk about. It's bowl week. You doing okay? Doing great. It's uh the staff's done a terrific job of uh, preparation. We're uh, eager to get Liberty's first bowl game underway. Cool. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Alan York and uh, Isaac Apon for their help getting this all arranged. And I just want to make a comment about Isaac's graphics this year so far. He is doing a great job. So uh, the recruiting photos he took with the fire in the background has been especially uh, noticed on Twitter. It seems like seems like uh, Isaac's doing a great job there. So what I wanted to first question I wanted to ask you about was uh, the recent announcement of Hughes' contract extension. Um, was he being quartered by other programs or is that just something to help us align ourselves with our goals and, uh, or to reward him for a good season? What was the thought behind that? Yeah. President Falwell wanted to be proactive and uh, recognize coach freeze for his outstanding leadership of the football program over the past year. He's uh, done just an incredible job. He's brought great energy and excitement to the program. And we feel like we're poised for great success in the future. So, uh, we want to make sure that uh, he's going to be with us for the long term. Awesome. So you mentioned a little bit about the staff geared up, and you had told us earlier you had a bowl planning committee. How has bowl planning been going? You guys getting any sleep, or is there a lot of a lot of things still left to do? What's what's the status there? Yeah, Chad, the, the bowl planning committee has been meeting for about a month now, and uh, they've done a terrific job. I really want to commend our staff on the excellent work they've done on short notice. Uh, really, it's been. Uh, in, in our case, finding out on December 8th you're playing a bowl game on December 21st, it, it gives you less than two weeks to prepare. So we've had a lot of work to do, and uh, it's gone extremely well. We've moved about two-thirds of our ticket allotment thus far, and uh, that's encouraging with almost a week left to go. And uh, all the plans are coming together, and uh, really proud of the work everyone's done. So right in the middle, uh, we want to win that game, obviously. But – just from a school exposure standpoint, program ex- uh, exposure and growth standpoint, 
just just getting to the bowl does that provide uh, a ton of exposure or would winning help winning that bowl game on Saturday would that would that help increase that a ton or is that just kind of a icing on the cake at this point well there's only five programs in the history of college football that have moved from FCS to FBS and and reached a bowl game in the first year so we're in uh, very elite company and uh, certainly it's going to provide widespread benefits to us. Uh, the opportunity to play in a bowl game gives us uh, great exposure, as you mentioned. It's affirmation of the decision to move uh, up to FBS. Uh, it provides great recruiting benefits, uh, institutional marketing, and there's just a, a wide array of uh, benefits that accrue to Liberty by way of this move. So you mentioned recruiting right in the middle of all this bowl preparation. We have National Signing Day Uh it seems like we're doing great, you know, just in, in national rankings with our verbal commits so far um, and a big day coming up Wednesday. What makes Hugh so special on the recruiting trail? Um, you've been around a lot of coaches in your career. What just makes him so special? How is he able to get this these type of classes together? Well, you're right. This is an extremely busy time for a coaching staff as you have the culmination of the end of the semester, so a lot of academic work. You have recruiting and signing day coming up and bowl preparation all at the same time. So uh, it uh, it lends itself to uh, coaches that are great multitaskers, and Coach Freeze is certainly one of those. He's, uh, in, in terms of the, his recruiting acumen, certainly uh, he works very hard at it. Uh, he and his staff, I think, do an excellent job from an evaluation standpoint. Uh, they're casting a very wide net and reaching out to more prospects than uh, ever before. And I think he also has an unwillingness to uh, to settle. And he wants players that are going to be uh, players and student athletes are going to be difference makers uh, here at Liberty. And uh, uh, I think that those are all things that make him a very elite recruiter. So, just looking at you said we had we got through two thirds of our ticket allotment so far. Is the youth of our alumni base something that the athletic department recognizes? And uh, how do you try to compensate? for that with donations and even participation in an event like this bowl game? Well, of course, our, our uh, Flames Nation, our fan base, you know, is, is uh, wide ranging in terms of uh, age. But, but uh, you know, we do certainly recognize there are a lot of a young, younger alumni and, and first time people getting involved in our program. And so we're much more focused right now on growing our base, getting more people involved as opposed to, um, you know, raising huge amounts of money at this point. It's more about growing the base, getting uh, people engaged, get them coming to games, uh, involved in the Flames Club. And, and ultimately, I think uh, as you do that, eventually larger gifts will come down the road. So you have used uh, the golden age of Liberty Athletics. I really like that. And uh, it feels like we're right in the middle of the most exciting time that I can remember uh, as being following the Flames for the past decade or so. Uh, just what are your thoughts about the next five years or so, what are some targets, maybe some goals, and or is it just to keep growing? What we're going at such a such a fast pace, but it also feels like it's maybe a sustainable pace. I think so. You know, we're we're uh, uh, as as we talked about before, we are entering the golden age of uh, Liberty Athletics. It's an exciting time, and uh, certainly uh, right now we're enjoying just some incredible success. But it's not something we take for granted. We know we need to continue to build this program. There's a lot of work that needs to be done, and we're competing with some other schools that put large resources and, and really uh, major commitments into their program, and uh, they may not be achieving the results that we are right now. So God's showing us uh, great favor. We're very blessed to have uh, amazing coaches and staff and student-athletes. We just need to continue to remain focused on the things that have allowed us to be successful and uh, keep building this program for the future. So 
it's been three years for you guys in Lynchburg, for you and your family. And you had told us a while back that it kind of feels like Waco did when you first got there in terms of the fan base and the city and the town. Uh, is it, does it still kind of feel like that? And what draws that comparison from you? What is it about Lynchburg and Waco that you would compare? Yeah, you know, Lynchburg is a wonderful community. I'm, I'm really excited about how, uh, how the community is embracing liberty. And uh, we're seeing more people get involved, and that's uh, really encouraging. And that does remind me of um, the effect of uh, the Baylor had once we had some success in Waco. So uh, that's really uh, encouraging, and it's great to see more people get involved. Uh, all of our numbers continue to grow, season ticket sales and individual ticket sales, uh, Flames Club membership. So the more people that get involved, uh, the more success uh, that that's going to enable this program to have. So uh, just a personal question here. Have you packed for the trip yet, or do you uh, kind of wait do you kind of wait till the last minute and throw your bag together? Kind of think I already know the answer to this question, but just wanted to see: Have you already packed for Orlando? Yeah, as you probably imagine, I'm a I'm a planner, so I'm uh, I'm about three quarters packed right now and uh, <laughs> ready to to head out tomorrow on, on Tuesday and stay through Saturday. It should be a great trip, and uh, we have a lot of activities planned, and, uh, including a service project for student athletes and uh, the game itself. So it, it should be a really special week. So let's shift gears here to basketball. Uh, we've pulled off two fantastic recruits this last week, um, and that program is still soaring, 12-0, and undefeated, and then just recruiting like we haven't seen before. How has the new facility impacted recruiting? And, uh, you know, just just some, some fun around we've been having in the fan base basically is, are you going to make any type of petition to have that new arena named the Richie McKay Arena? Uh-huh. Just on on the fan behalf. Well, I'll tell you what. The first of all, the arena is beginning to take uh, shape. If, if you go by, you can really see how how it's going to fit next to the the Vine Center, and it will be just a spectacular building. It will be uh, very intimate. Yeah, it's going to be a great home court advantage for our teams, and it's certainly going to be something that will be a, a dynamic environment for our our uh, our fans. So we're looking forward to it. As far as Coach McKay goes, he is building an amazing program and legacy at, at Liberty, and that's uh, it's really unparalleled. I believe uh, we have an opportunity to become uh, the Gonzaga of the East and uh, in the basketball world under his leadership, and uh, it's really uh, gratifying to see, you know, the work that he and his staff have put on put in being uh, brought to fruition this year. Just so proud of him and, and what they're accomplishing, and that program's uh, bound for greatness. So. Just with the A Sun being right now the way it is, if we drop one or two games the rest of the way and and we can't uh, win the A Sun conference tournament, what do you think our chances are? Do you think that we can get an at large bid if we were to have a record with two losses, one of those being in the conference championship? Yeah, well, of course, our goal is to compete for an A Sun regular season and, and tournament championship. And uh, certainly we're off to a tremendous start this year. And if we're able to put ourselves in position to be considered for an at-large, that would be a great honor and a great credit to the work that Coach McKay and the staff and student-athletes are, are putting in. So in your three years here at Liberty, it's you've accomplished and your team and your staff and this program have accomplished so many firsts and so many new things. It's got to be super satisfying for you personally to have this basically open canvas with you know, very little history or accomplishment or tradition so far, and uh, to ha- to be funded and to do some of the things you've done is that personally satisfying for you in in this career? I mean, some athletic directors never get to see some of these things, and it seems like we've just rattled off several in three years here. 
Yeah, it's, it's certainly exciting to, uh, to build a, a new tradition, and it's a blessing to serve here at Liberty and work with such amazing people. You know, our vision is to train champions for Christ, provide a high-quality student-athlete experience, and achieve victory with integrity. And I think we're uh, on track and in some ways ahead of schedule. And, and uh, uh, certainly, again, that's a credit to a lot of people in our department, and uh, we're, we're enjoying this time immensely. So as we are in this golden age, what is your message to fans? I mean, obviously they want to attend the games and buy tickets and be Flames Club members, but what what other messages do you have for the fans as we kind of enter this golden age? What can we do to be a part of this growth? I mean, is there is there more fan engagement that we can have? What, what couple of areas would you uh, say that fans are most important here in this, and what role do we play? Yeah, Chet, that's really the key is fan engagement, uh, just getting involved and and certainly, whether that's buying uh, an individual ticket, buying a season ticket, joining the Flames Club, those are all great things. Just encouraging our, our coaches and staff and student athletes and just having a presence. Uh, there's such uh, amazing things happening here at Liberty. We just uh, want Flames Nation to be a part of it. And ultimately, our ability to grow Flames Nation is going to be very impactful to uh, the future of this athletic program. So it appears that uh, you guys – you specifically and your staff have made an effort to kind of not let Liberty slip into either a basketball school uh, or a football school by name. It feels like that we're trying to have a well-rounded athletic program. And so I guess I can see the benefits of everybody competing at a high level, but, um, you know, is there a drawback to, to, to trying to be so well-rounded and not be a football school or a basketball school. What are your thoughts about just that label and how that can hurt or help us? Yeah, we, we want to be recognized as a holistic, uh, well-rounded program that enjoys competitive success throughout all 20 of our programs and in every aspect of our, our department. You know, you don't see people that aspire to be, uh, you know, uh, high-quality leaders, you know, don't aspire to be excellent in some areas and sloppy in others. Um, we want to be excellent in everything that we do, and that's what we aspire to every day. And we've been uh, very fortunate. President Falwell's provided us with great leadership and support to put us in this position. And our programs are funded and have the facilities and the resources to uh, to compete for conference championships and postseason opportunities. And, and that's certainly what we aspire to do across the board. Awesome. Ian, we are uh, leaving on Wednesday night to drive down to Orlando. Really looking forward to it. So excited for this first ever bowl game and uh, just the experience of being down there with a bunch of other uh, Flames Nation. So uh, looking forward to seeing you and thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thanks, Chad. Have a have a great trip and enjoy uh, the first of, we hope, as many bowl experiences. Thanks, Ian. Go Flames. This portion of the Red Spin podcast is brought to you by Allen's Lawn Service. Allen's Lawn Service services over 150 residential and commercial customers in the Roanoke and Bedford areas. Contact Allen at 540-314-0246. If you're interested in advertising with the Red Spin podcast, please email John Manson at jmanson.asor at gmail.com. John Manson for the Sea Red Red Spin podcast here with Jesse Lemonade. Jesse, how's it going? Getting ready to go down to Orlando, huh? Yes, sir. Excited to go back over there. So you you grew up in uh, Miami area, right? So uh, I guess you'll probably have lots of uh, friends and family at the game. Yeah, I'll definitely have a lot of friends. Like, my, I'm gonna see if my dad will go because he's like older. But 
I have a lot of friends over there that wants to go. What's the uh, most exciting thing that you can think about, you know, as you prepare to make this trip to to Orlando, especially as you get to be uh, closer to to some of your friends and family? Um, definitely being able to like see some of my friends, have them come to the game instead of watching from like, you know, the screen. But you know, definitely going over there, having a good experience with my just the teammates and everybody else, like every other staff, like. I like hanging out with everybody, like equipment staff, medical staff, like it doesn't matter who, like, you know, I just like having a good time with the people that's around me. When you came here two years ago, um, I know you knew the team was moving to FBS. Did you ever think you might get a chance to play the bowl game? Um, yeah, last year, yes, but it wasn't actually, we actually didn't have the ability to go to a bowl game, but, you know, I felt like we had the opportunity to go to a bowl game just by what we had, but this year definitely, you know, left a good mark on us. Like we, everybody showed out. Everybody did what they had to do. Everybody bought in. So as you prepare, you guys leaving down there tomorrow on Tuesday to head heading to Orlando. What are some of the main things that you're thinking about? Is like that you're looking forward to the most? Whether it's you know the amusement park, the weather, whatever it may be, the food. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely excited for the weather. I'm tired of being in this cold weather. It's it's just I don't like it. I just don't like it. I need a I need a nice, consistent, warm weather so we can all have fun, walk outside, and just not have to grab a jacket. Like this morning, I came out with a jacket, and I was like, oh, I need another jacket. <laughs> so definitely that, and amusement parks too, even though I don't like roller coasters. But, you know, I'll walk around a little bit. <laughs> Why don't you like roller coasters? Uh, it's, too, it's too fast. It go, I'm scared of heights. Uh, I don't like super fast speeds unless I'm driving. So other than that, like, I can't, I can't handle it. So you like driving fast? Is that what I hear? Yeah, every now and then. <laughs> what kind of car do you got? I don't have a car yet. Not yet. My I had a, I used to have a Dodge Charger, but okay. yeah, I sold it. Okay, I got you. You've been able to drive any any fun cars or anything like that? Um, the funnest car was a Dodge Charger, basically, because okay. it was like a it was V8 supercharged, so it was it was nice. going it was a nice speed. Nice. Uh, so what are, you, what are you looking forward to do at the uh, amusement parks other than riding rides, just just hanging out? And yeah, right. I'll ride some roller coasters, like some water roller coasters, you know, some rides like that. Um, the ones that don't go too high. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully if they have the Harry Potter ride, I'm on that because <laughs> I love Harry Potter. <laughs> and, you know, just eating. That's it. Uh, what are some of your favorite type of foods? Oh, I love Haitian food. So I'm Haitian. So that's like what I grew up with. So Haitian food. I'm a sucker for sweets every now and then. Okay. So yeah, Haitian food and like sweets. Help me out. What, what's Haitian food? Um, it's more. It's like the food's more. It takes more time to make. So it's like, like chicken is like made in like the sauce, and it like takes a long time. So the flavors is really, you know, seeping in through the you know the whole entire chicken. More more spicy. More yeah, more spicy depending on how you like it. But if you go to Haiti, like they make your food spicy, and it's like. like you can't do nothing about it. You been to Haiti? Yes, I've been to Haiti three times when I was little. Oh, okay. But but you grew up in Miami, right? Yes, yes. I was born and raised in Miami. Okay, cool. So uh, your last go around with the Flames, what? Just take us through the last uh, two years or so that you've been here. What are some of the, in, you know, memories you'll take away from your time uh, at Liberty? Uh, definitely when I first came here, like the hard transition that, you know, just to come through here and because. Before coming here, I had to deal with a forest fire that was like, it was literally like two blocks away from me. And it was like a bad forest fire. So I had to move like three separate times to come in here and I had to move twice, like out of the dorm. So it was like stressful. But, you know, over time, like everybody brought me back together and like 
it made it a lot easier. So that was the first like ever moment I ever had here, like being able to come in and feel like, you know, a whole family and, you know, throughout the season, just like progression, um, progression and like, you know, getting better each and every week, like learning how to be myself on the field and, you know, trust whatever the coach says. Where was the fire at? Was that when you were in JUCO? Yeah, it was when I was in JUCO. So it was affected the Ventura County. Like, all I remember was uh, it was supposed to be, it was like 30 miles off. Then we had our El Nino winds, which is like 20 mile per hour to 30 mile per hour winds. And I, I went to sleep that night, and I woke up to my roommate, like, telling me, hey, there's a fire back there. And I looked back, and on the mountain, there's like a huge fire. It was like, throughout, like, sometimes it was like 100 a hundred thousand thousand mile acre like a thousand acres a thousand acres affected but zero like containment so it was like wow. no way they was like able to stop it like it was skipping through the highways and stuff like getting through the other side of the highway mm. it was terrible crazy man uh so I, I know you'll miss everybody here after mm. you get done with your playing time here at liberty but but maybe who are two or three guys that you'll miss the most um definitely vince elefante the d tackle um solomon ajide I don't miss everybody really to be like I love everybody here like I, I would basically like yeah, die for everybody that's on this team because I, I grew so close to everybody like no matter like if you have any arguments or any fights during practice disagreement but like you know we're like going towards the same goal and like you know we're all working hard together so this is like everybody I miss everybody to be on and mainly my D-line because you know we spend the most time together. Um, have you gotten any feedback from any coaches or scouts or anything from the NFL about what they're kind of telling you so far? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I heard from one, but I haven't really, like, I haven't really, like, dived into it. I've just been trying to work on myself, especially knowing we got a bowl game now. So I just want to just worry about winning this game and, like, worry about everything else after. Once your football time's over with, what's next for Jesse? Oh, uh, definitely train. I want to train. You mean like as in when football is done? Whether done even now? if you get to the NFL and play for ten years, what you gonna do after that? Um, I want to open like a, a food truck. I want to have a food Haitian truck. food. Yeah, definitely Haitian food. I want to be diverse. I want to have a uh, like diversity of like different things, but that's like off time. I want to like you know go around like late night because there's a lot of places that closes like you know around nine. It's like you know I go through that problems too. It's like nine o'clock, then it's like. We only got cookout. It's like, I'm, I don't want no cookout right now. Not like, every night. Yeah, not every night. Like, sometimes when you miss that little threshold, that not, once you hit 9 o'clock, everything's closed. So I want to, like, you know, be able to, like, help people out that's starving at night. But I also want to, like, you know, basically help people in general, like, go to different countries. Like, I want to live in different countries and affect different areas. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Good luck this week. Thank you. I appreciate it. I just wanted to let you guys know if you need any audio editing, mixing, or sound design for your projects, reach out to our guy, Jonathan Luna. You can find him at Johnny, J-O-N-N-Y underscore moon, M-O-O-N on Twitter. Or you can visit his website, lunasound.design. John has done a great job this season helping us edit the podcast, and he's done a phenomenal job. So you guys give him a call, and he can uh, hook you up. Very communicative and uh, knows what he's doing. So shout out, John. Thanks to Ian and Jesse for joining uh, the podcast and always, uh, always both have always been great guests and very uh 
generous with their time and appreciate both of them. So as we're headed down here to the Cure Bowl, just want to kind of talk about the game a little bit, a little bit about what's going to be happening this weekend. And uh, so to start things off, John and I are headed down there. It's Thursday, and we'll just kind of hang out. And Friday, there's the Battle of the Bands at 5 o'clock where both the Georgia Southern and the Liberty Bands will get together and kind of play, and it's right there on the City Walk. And then uh, we're doing something we're going to have a lot of fun with is the um, a Sea of Red meet and greet. Um, immediately following the Battle of the Bands, we're going to meet somewhere there close to the City Walk and uh, kind of just put some names and faces together and uh, have a good time uh, talking about Liberty Sports and specifically the Cure Bowl. So come on out. Make sure you're checking out um, the website for more details on that as we find a place to, that will suit all of us and hold all of us. And uh, So, yeah, make sure you're checking the website for that. And then Saturday, obviously, is the game. Go down there. The stadium holds, I think, about 25,000. Um, Liberty has sold about 4,000, and Georgia Southern sold about eight, from what we're hearing. So the Cure Bowl typically has about 20,000 in attendance, so we'll get a lot of locals and, and uh, you know, should be a really good atmosphere. It's a really cool-looking stadium, the soccer stadium down there called Exploria Stadium. So we have the game. John, just wanted to get your thoughts on the game. Um, you know, anybody we should be looking out for for Georgia Southern, what kind of offense do they have, um, what, what what can we expect? Yeah, it'll be an interesting, you know, kind of contrast in styles. Obviously, uh, you know, Liberty pass-heavy team with Buckshot, AGG, but uh, Georgia Southern, as most of you probably know, has um, – you know, runs a triple option. It's a little bit different than, than your typical triple option as they do a lot of it out of the shotgun. They got lots of different personnel packages and use lots of shifts and motions and stuff that's a little unique. So, so that'll be interesting. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Liberty's defense is able to stop them or slow them down enough to get enough stops to uh, kind of let the team, let the offense string together some uh, scores and hopefully get a lead and, and ultimately get the win. Uh, I believe the Eagles are ranked eighth in the country in rushing, uh, just behind their conference rival, Louisiana, who's seventh, which obviously Liberty gave up over 400 yards rushing to them. So if that happens again on Saturday, it could be a long afternoon for the Flames. But, uh, you know, I, I trust Scott Simons, defensive coordinator, to, to have a good game plan put together. He He's faced the uh, triple option a lot in his Division Two days as a de- defensive coordinator there at West Georgia. Um, you know, a couple guys to watch out for. Obviously, their quarterback, Shy Wirtz, uh, you know, in any triple option, Offense, the quarterback is is the one to keep your eye on. He he hasn't thrown an interception in two years, but of course, you know, he hasn't thrown a ton of passes. That's still kind of interesting. He's gone two years without an interception. Uh, You know, he'll he'll run for about 60 or 70 yards per game. Uh, Very, very dynamic athlete. Uh, Scott Simon said that he's the most dynamic athlete Liberty's played at quarterback this year. That includes Bryce Perkins that we saw at Virginia. Um, also on defense, they have a cornerback who's been invited to the Senior Bowl, and you know probably get the uh, the matchup with with AGG most most of the afternoon. So uh, that, that's another interesting battle to watch. And all in all, I think it'll be a really really closely contested game, and probably decided late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, should be a lot of fun down there for the game. Let's shift gears real quick and uh, 
talk about our undefeated LU men's basketball team. Man, what an exciting ride. I mean, we were expecting this team to be good, but I don't think we would ever expected us to be undefeated at this point in the season. Got two two good contests coming up this weekend in a uh, two-game tournament up in D.C. Uh, first, we start with Towson. If we win, we will face the uh, winner of Akron and Tulane. Um, Akron is a top 100 team, so we could play our first top 100 team of the season. Um, be a nice test for us. If we can come out of that scot-free, John, we will head and uh, head to December 28th to face LSU to finish the pre-conference regular season undefeated. That's unbelievable. So what are your thoughts on the national rankings that you're seeing, and, and were we expecting this, and uh, what do you think? Do you think we can get it done this weekend? Obviously, the team's coming off their biggest win so far of the season, beating Vanderbilt. Uh, I, I know Vandy's been down the last couple of years. They look to probably be down a little bit this year, but anytime you know Liberty's able to go on the road and beat an SEC team, that, that's a big win. Uh, like you mentioned, they're 12-0. Um, the schedule, we all know the strength of schedule has been kind of weak. It ranks as one of the worst in, in all the country to this point. Uh, hopefully these next few games will help increase that. Towson's a you know, top 150 team. Uh, and hopefully we'll play Akron Saturday in the championship game. Unfortunately, that game would be at 3 o'clock right in the middle of the football game. And it's on Flow Hoops, Flow Sports. So it would be tough to, for a lot of people to watch. But uh, that, that would be a really good good test for us. Akron's, you know, a top 100 team. They're top 50, I believe, in the net rankings, which, uh, you know, one of the big surprises this week was the net rankings, which is one of the main uh, criterias that uh, the NCAA selection uh, committee uses when they're seeding teams and selecting teams for the, for the tournament in March. Is, uh, is the net rankings, and those were first unveiled this this week, and Liberty came in at number 19, which uh, despite their, their weak strength of schedule, that, that's pretty impressive to be ranked that high and could set, set them up for a very good seed when March comes around. Yeah, so Ricky, Richie McKay has that team rolling, and uh, I think I think that we can get it done this weekend. It is going to be interesting on sa- uh, Saturday to watch the football and basketball game, um, but we'll have you covered at cfred.com and on Twitter. Follow along if you're unable to watch. And um, yeah, so John, we successfully recorded a podcast flying down I-95 on the way to Orlando. We're both really excited to see all of the. Flames Nation down in Orlando um, on Friday night and then again on Saturday for the football game. So I hope you guys enjoy it and uh, stay tuned for all the coverage John has put together for the bowl game and uh, go Flames. Go Flames.